Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And today on the special edition of the Gather, Grow, Go podcast, we are joined by an extra special guest who's going to help us get our minds wrapped around um, the pandemic that is among us and in the midst of us as a global humanity in this day and time. We have Dr. Susie Whitworth here with us. She is the Director of Infectious Disease uh, of the Infectious Diseases Division at Cook's Children's Hospital, and she is a member of our church and a regular participant in our ministries. She is a saint, and we are thankful for her wisdom and her willingness to come and help us understand more fully uh, what is going on. We're hearing lots of things, we're reading lots of things, and it's good to be able to have a trusted voice with us. Susie, thank you for joining us today. And could- Sure. Well, we are incredibly thankful. Can you kind of give us a lay of the land as to some foundational basics uh, about what COVID is and you know how we get it, how it spreads, kind of all of the stuff sure. we don't know to ask well? Sure. Coronaviruses are actually, as a family, pretty common viruses. We all get a coronavirus infection, which is just a regular cold that we get every year or two. We have a cough and a runny nose. And we don't really think about it, and we may or may not even go to a doctor, and then it goes away. Coronaviruses circulate all the time, and they are part of part of a group of viruses that we call zoonoses, spelled like the zoo, Z-O-O, because they're carried in animals. Every now and then, an animal coronavirus will leap into the human population, and you all are familiar with that from the SARS outbreak in 2003 in China. That coronavirus was believed to come from bats or civet cats. That that outbreak lasted for about a year or less, then seemed to die away and go away. In the last five years, we've had the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, which is called MERS coronavirus, and that that coronavirus started in camels before it Mm. leapt over into the human population. This is the third coronavirus outbreak that has gone from animals into humans in a very large number of people, and of course, this is the worst. This is the most. It's thought that this started in China at an animal market, Uh, Again, either from bats or civet cats, it leapt into the human population with a genetic mutation, and now it's broadly circulated in humans. The difference in this coronavirus and the ones that we all catch all the time um, is that this coronavirus is novel. What that means is that no one on the planet Earth has ever had this coronavirus before, and we are all susceptible. That is different than, for example, chickenpox. Chickenpox, if it were to be coughed into a sanctuary, might land on every person in the room. But if you had chickenpox or you're vaccinated, you won't get sick with it. Mm. Coronavirus is different. There's a huge reservoir for coronavirus, uh, this particular coronavirus, because no one's ever had it before. And that's what seems to make it different and more broadly spread. We think that the mortality rate from this coronavirus is probably in the 2% range, although nobody can be very sure what the denominator is. So we know that about 2 or 3% of the people that present to medical care with illness 
who are tested to have coronavirus will die, about 2%. And actually, you can break that down. It's about 15% if you're over 80 years of age, mortality rate. And if you're under 80 years of age, it's lower than that. For the teenage and ch- teenagers and children in society, the mortality rate is extremely low. Under 20 years of age, those individuals do not become terribly ill. That's very rare. To this date, as far as I know, there have been no fatalities under 10 years of age anywhere. So not a big infection for young children and teenagers, but more serious for certain high-risk populations. These high-risk populations are our older adults, some say over 60, and those with heart disease, those with lung disease. Those are the biggest ones that cause you to be more at risk for serious disease. When you get disease, it is typically what we think of as lower respiratory tract disease. Most infections that cause upper respiratory infections are cough, runny nose, fever, and you kind of think of those diseases as affecting you from the neck and up. This virus causes more disease from the neck down. So you cough because your lungs are sick and you get fever but not so much nose issues, not so much runny nose or congestion. Mm-hmm. That this is, you'll hear on the news different times, one time you'll hear is COVID-19. What that means is the disease caused by this novel coronavirus. So like you might say, someone has tonsillitis, someone has appendicitis. If you have infection from the virus, you'd say he has COVID-19 disease. The virus itself is named SARS-CoV-2. So the virus is named SARS-CoV-2, and it will cause you to have COVID-19 disease. If you're exposed to that, you may be asked to quarantine yourself, which means stay at home and don't cough on anyone. Quarantine is for healthy people who are exposed. Isolation, on the other hand, is for sick people so that they don't actually make other people sick. And those are two different terms that we think about also. The way that you get this virus is if somebody who has the virus coughs and it lands in your eyes, your nose, or your mouth, we know that when somebody with a cold coughs or sneezes, those respiratory droplets that are tiny that come out of your mouth and out of your nose and into the room will fall to the ground in a radius around you of about six feet. This is where social distancing comes in. Okay. And so that's why you're told stay more than six feet away from somebody, and that's so that they don't sneeze or cough on you. We're we're all backing away from each other right now. Yeah, don't do, I hope that you're six yes, I hope that you're six feet away from each other. The other thing is someone may cough or sneeze on a countertop or a doorknob and you touch that, those infectious secretions are on your hands. And if you rub your eyes or rub your nose or rub your mouth, you can actually get coronavirus that way. What we don't know is how long the virus will live on those surfaces. And I've read anywhere from thirty minutes to hours. It's not thought that it's tremendously longer than that, but honestly, we don't know. Mm. That's where all the recommendations come in about wiping down surfaces twice. 
even in your church or in your home, if you're worried that somebody in your home is infected, you're going to wipe down all of your surfaces, your counters, your bathroom countertops, your coffee table. All of that stuff gets wiped down a couple of times a day. And that's another thing that you can do to prevent disease. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Don't get around anybody that has it. And if you're not sure, stay six feet away. Those are some of the things that you can do to prevent it. Over the last 24 hours, we have had updates from the Centers for Disease Control that mass gatherings over 50 people should be postponed for the next eight weeks. That was a change yesterday. Last week, there was concern about 250 people, and then they jumped down to 50. President Trump gave a new a press conference today that I was not able to attend, but apparently mentioned gatherings of 10 people being too many, that we should avoid gatherings of 10 people or more for the next 15 days. From a medical standpoint, that is very reasonable to do. Does that help answer some of your questions? That that does. That lays a very good foundation for us and helps us ha- have access to it. Uh, you know, one of the things we've begun to do as a church family is move all of our gatherings from in-person gatherings to to digital space gatherings to help um, do our part to to flatten the curve. Uh, when people yes. use the the phrase "flatten the curve," what do they mean by that? We've probably heard that bantied around uh, in different yes. spaces. I know I've used it, but you know, help us understand what that means. Here's what it means. When a new pandemic occurs like this, there are times when it will spread through like wildfire throughout a population before people really understand what's going on. China is a great example of a group of people who didn't know what hit them. And instead of flattening the curve, they had a high peak incidence tens of thousands of sick people in a short amount of time, six or eight weeks. What we know from China, because they, it was the cat was out of the bag before it was able to be stopped, is that China suffered a tremendous burden of disease, acutely high numbers. That's why you saw on the news that they were building hospitals that literally went up in two weeks. We know that even though a majority of the population just has a cold, If you get 2 million sick people and 10% of them need to be in the hospital, you don't have 200,000 hospital beds. That's what happens. You don't have 100,000 ventilators. You don't have, sadly, 20,000 more beds. So you don't have the infrastructure, the equipment. You don't have enough caregivers. You don't have enough gowns. You don't have enough masks. If you have a sudden peak of disease, There's not an infrastructure available for that. What you want to happen is for a disease outbreak to progress slowly. You want to keep your foot on the brakes as long as humanly possible so that you don't have 200,000 people, for example, in six weeks. You might have 10,000 people in six weeks and then 20,000 people for the next six weeks so that you have a very flattened, long curve you have an anthill you don't have an icicle mm-hmm. does that help that does that yes. does and, and and what i hear there is that that prolongs our interaction uh 
with this. And, and when we hear calls for social distancing calls, I mean, the CDC just moved to eight weeks on their recommended yes. um, 50 person gatherings that that feels like a, more of a disruption, but the disruption is aimed at preventing that spike, that icicle of having more sick people than we have places to put them and Correct. places to give them Correct. care. The, and, and the icicle, of course, is pointed upwards. The, the, when you hear mass gatherings of 50 people being more than 50 people being off limits for the next eight weeks, that sounds like a lot. And it sounds like a long time. The goal of that, of course, is to slow down the outbreak so that we can accommodate it as much as possible. And, and that's what you want to do. What we hope is that this fizzles out and goes away during that time. And what you'll need to remember is if that happens, what people will say is, see, they closed down everything. It was pointless. Nothing happened. What a waste of our time. Can't believe I postponed this event. Can't believe we did all of that and nothing happened. But remember, that's the goal. The right. goal is that at the end of all of this, we think we overdid it. That is perfect. Right. So I don't know that eight weeks is going to do this at all. I think I don't know. I, think, I don't think anyone knows how long it's going to need to be. In in Trump's thing, he also mentioned like we're like expect this to still be kind of part of the discourse in like maybe like by july still like he was he was kind of pushing the 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 envelope a little bit on we're, we're i know we're talking about eight weeks but like let's just prepare for it still being sort of like let's cushion ourselves with july rather than you know may or yes. th things like that i, I know right. I, I just don't think we know Right. We don't. And and I was on a conference call a little earlier today. Pastor Melissa was with yeah. me uh, with Mayor Kane and uh, mm -hmm. all the pastors in the community. And, and one of the things he said was his ultimate goal at the end of this would be for all of his critics to be able to look at him and go, Scott, you were wrong. This wasn't as big a deal as you said it was. And yes. it infected fewer and fewer people. Right. I mean, that is his yes. ultimate goal yes. to be overly cautious so that mm -hmm. uh, fewer people are impacted and those that are are able to receive the care that they need. Uh, that's right. That's why we went to online worship only this yeah. weekend and while we'll continue in that vein for as long as we need to. Yeah. Um, you know, when the CDC announces that, that eight-week moratorium, right, that puts Easter right. in play, right? And, and, you know, we haven't made a final decision mm -hmm. on that front yet, and, and it feels incredibly weird to even be discussing not gathering as the church in person for easter oh and... it's painful it's it's uncomfortable yeah yeah it's, it's disappointing and i've said to people you know if 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 we put our vulnerable church members at risk we're not doing them any favors we, we, we could harm people mm. we wouldn't have church if the roads were full of ice and people right. were having wrecks on the way to church we'd never let anybody do that Right. Well, and, and you know, we, so. we wouldn't. And, you know, as a pastor, part of my job and part of Melissa's job mm -hmm. is to look into the faces of people we love. And and we have hundreds, literally hundreds of people who fit within the most at risk demographics yeah. um, in this outbreak. And to think that we might have to be doing extra funerals because we weren't additionally precautious as a church family mm. would wreck my soul for years. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so again, I hope that we have been overly cautious. Uh, you know, I feel like the mayor, right? I hope that we're <laughs> wrong on this thing and, and that we I come to the point where we end up 
being told you made a mountain out of a molehill. That's right. Uh, because at the end of the day, if we can do our part to make sure that that those who are most vulnerable in our midst, in our community, whether they come to our church or not, right, um, right. are right. are best equipped for this, and that we have, you know, Wesley had three general rules for the church, right? That's right. To do good. I was good, thinking about those today too. To John, do John no Wesley, harm. not B. Wesley. Not, we, not right, right. <laughs> right. Wesley probably has a different set of rules, probably. but um, but. To do good, to do no harm, and to attend to the ordinances of God, yeah. right? And and we normally talk about our worship yeah. as a part of our attending to the ordinances of God, but right. but Wesley named the three, and he doesn't name them as co-equal, but I think they are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. doing no harm is a part of that, and so it's, number, it's the first one. Yeah, it's, you got to start with that. Start with that, and like you know, I don't know. I think earlier today too in our meeting we said like. No, no, no matter what we do on Easter Sunday, like Easter isn't canceled. Like you That's can't, right. Right. like, you know, the, the resurrection, will that not was the be faithful. Yeah the, yeah. the response. So, so I have one more question, I think Susie. Um, and I know yeah. we've probably read things and seen things, but I wonder, you know, in this space where we are trying to push away from being in mass gathering spaces, be out in public less, um, what would your recommendations be to stay, um, to do some health, self-care, to do some health care, um, and to be aware of the people around us or that we're interacting with? I think that that to take care of yourself, you're going to want to avoid, avoid public exposures as much as you can. If you can work from home, do that. You're going to want to work you're going to want to wash your hands frequently if you're out in public. Use hand sanitizer. You will want to avoid any of those unusual contacts or extra contacts that you don't need. It's not a great time to go to the mall and roam around. (laughs) If you can stand it, don't hug, don't shake hands. Mm. That's the hardest part for me is walking up to someone and not putting my arms around them. I have struggled tremendously with that. Mm. It's very unnatural for me. For other people, it's not as hard. But those actual physical contacts when you're out in public matter. Don't touch your face. Those kinds of things are all still true. And you also want to avoid, if you get sick with a cold or anything, if you're not sure if you have coronavirus, and, and you're going to call your doctor, but you sure don't want to go somewhere. You don't want to go to the grocery store if you're sick. You don't want to go out and eat if you're sick. You want to avoid exposing other people. So that brings up to the question for me about like the the hoarding versus not hoarding kind of thing that that we're seeing like all the all of the pictures of you know people like shelves being emptied of toilet paper and food and stuff at grocery yeah. stores and on the one hand you have the the grocery stores companies like Walmart saying guys we can restock stuff but if everybody you know buys 15 rolls of toilet paper at once like that that's actually creating a bit the bigger problem and so there's they're almost recommending i read for, to like for people to sort of be normal about the grocery store and get what you need you know for yeah for a week or two and not try to like stock up for the apocalypse, I guess. But do, do you have anything to comment to, or to add to, on to that? I don't know what to tell you about that, <laughs> Kiefer, because I, I don't know what the supply chain is. Mm. I don't know what's going to, what we can't get more of. It isn't fair to go out and buy a gallon of hand sanitizer because other people won't have it. 
there are mm. things that it's not fair to hoard. And, and so you have to be thoughtful about what you do and you have to get what you need, but you don't need a year's worth of toilet paper. Right. <laughs> and toilet, paper, toilet paper seems to be a real headliner. It, it does. Okay. And, and I don't not, know not if it's... sure why. Kind of think I think it is probably just a the peculiarity of it, right? Probably. It is one of those absurd things that makes you go, "Why on earth is this a thing? Why, you know, it, it's not as though this was a a crazy version of the um, stomach bug or anything like that, where it's no indicative of it's a closer si- to a cold, right? Right. It's not the major stomach bug. I I think the stole the toilet paper thing ha- is one of those things that gained headlines because it was crazy um funny and funny and then the actual the man-made shortage caused people when they go to buy extra yeah it was it's a self-fulfilling that's what i saw about the stores going guys this is not a a thing that was necessary to happen (laughs) patrick and i went to um patrick and i used the five gallon water jugs at home um just because of the water system that we're on and stuff. And and we took it because it was just that natural timing to go get our two jugs refilled. And we were walking up to Home Depot where we typically exchange them at. And the guy said, oh, just so you know, we don't have any more hand sanitizer. We might have a bottle of Lysol left and there's no toilet paper here. And we were just like, we were just trying to do our normal thing. (laughs) I think it's human nature though. When you look at a shelf, and there are, you know, four four rolls of toilet paper, and everything else is empty. It's your natural instinct to grab them. Yeah, yeah. It's that spirit of scarcity you know? that shows up yes. in so yeah. many different times and places. Yeah, and uh, you know, Jesus Definitely. has some stuff to say about that, and it's never fall into it, but yes. that's okay. Uh, Susie. Thank you Thank so you. much. Sure. Yeah. It, it is such a gift to be able to call you. I know it's been a gift to me personally over the last week and a half to be able to go, hey, Susie, let me pick your brain for a little bit. How Help do I understand. be pastor? Right. <laughs> right. I missed the pandemic's class in seminary. I'm on call. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And You all have a good day. We'll do it. Thank you, Susie, so much. Thank you, Susie. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well. I found what she said like there was much of it that i've heard right but there were some things that she said that i was like man i hadn't heard like the story format of like Mm. how this is so that was i had never heard six feet or the rationale sneeze radius yeah because i think like right now if either of you like you would think if either of you sneezed right now like i'd be like you're done i'm over here you know but what we're like four maybe four feet away from each other you know we're not quite six feet (laughs) something like that we'll work on it (laughs) we'll work on it um no, and in church, we, we brought Susie on in part to to help you understand what's happening and what's going on from somebody we know and trust and who we can talk to on a day-in, day-out basis. One of the, the real challenges of this season is many of the pundits that have deep opinions and many that I have heard that are line for line in keeping with what Susie is telling us aren't people we know and aren't people we trust and aren't people we've shared life with. And so being able to to call upon uh, someone who we deeply trust. An expert in our own midst. Yes, absolutely. is an incredible gift. Know that we as your church family will be getting back to the stories of Lent beginning just next week uh, on the podcast. We got some amazing, awesome stories for you of this transformational time of year. Because one of the things we want to 
keep our focus on is that God is still doing amazing stuff in our midst, yeah. even in the midst of this unprecedented season, yeah. at least for our lifetime. That's right. And, yeah. and so know that, that God is with you and you are not alone. Uh, we will be over the course of the next couple of weeks um, continuing our once a week podcast regimen. So you can know you can count on your Gather, Grow, Go family to be here with you as well. We thank you for joining us today. Uh, your invitation to grow it is, what is it, James 4, 8? 8, 4, 8. 4, 8, B. Wash your hands, you sinners. Um, <laughs> and wash your hands, good people, too. Wash your hands. Yes. Do what your mama told you to do. Wash, sing your ABCs as you're washing your hands. Scrub all those places that accumulate Hallelujah. dirt. Amen yes. and amen. And now as we prepare to go, may we go with a blessing. Would you receive this benediction, this blessing for your week? May you go knowing that if you are scared, isolated, worried, anxious, Jesus meets with you. If you are going thinking, we're taking all this way out of proportion, Jesus is with you. And if you're somewhere in between, or even hoarding toilet paper, Jesus is with you. May you go in peace. Amen. He may be judging you for your toilet paper. Just a little bit. <laughs> <Amen. laughs>